This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. Again, so thrilled you decided to spend some of your hard-earned time with me today. And as you probably saw from the title of today's episode, we're talking about servant leadership. That's right. And so I'm really excited to be able to talk to you about this specific kind of leadership because it is extremely meaningful to me. It is how I lead most often. And so I hope it's something that you can take a hold of and put it in your arsenal of ways that you lead people because I think it's extremely effective. So we're going to talk about what in the world servant leadership is. We're going to talk about 10 different uh, principles that make up servant leadership. And then we're going to talk about how in the world do you become a servant leader. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Okay, so what in the world is servant leadership? Servant leadership is a management or leadership style in which you lead by putting the needs of your team or others first. Servant leaders believe that when their team members, that could be your business team, it could be your team at home, it could be your friends, whatever you deem as part of your team, servant leaders believe that when their team members feel personally and professionally fulfilled, they produce higher quality work more efficiently and more productively. Now to go a little bit deeper, employee satisfaction and collaboration are important concepts within this idea of servant leadership. Now, you can use this particular leadership style in any type of business, business, but it is particularly popular within the nonprofit sector. That shouldn't be surprised to anybody. Servant leadership is important in all areas of life, but specifically business, because it creates a work environment in which employees at all levels of the organization feel respected, appreciated, and valued. Businesses that follow a servant leadership philosophy tend to have stronger work cultures with high employee morale, engagement, and retention. Now, I don't know about you, but all of that sounds great when it comes to this world of business and keeping people engaged in what's going on. And I don't care if you are a solopreneur. Guess what? You still are leading people, and those are just people that you happen to be working with. So the principles here that, are about, that I'm about to share still apply to you. So let's jump right into those. The 10 principles of servant leadership. Number one, listening. Effective servant leaders don't just speak, but they listen to what their team is telling them. They give ample opportunity for all members of the team to be heard, and they listen carefully to both what is being said and potentially what is not being said. And by gathering observations and insight from all team members, you will begin to understand your opportunities for growth. So number one is listening. Number two, empathy. Effective servant leaders care about their team on a personal level. They understand that when their team feels happy and fulfilled in their personal lives, it contributes to success in their professional lives. And because of this, servant leaders make it a priority to show team members they care about them personally and try to help them with personal issues whenever possible. And let me just say 
a side note about this. This is particularly important to me because, well, let me say it this way. Have you ever heard the adage, it's just business or business isn't personal? I completely disagree. And for anyone who's been listening or watching this particular podcast for any length of time, you know how I feel about this. All businesses are run by people. Therefore, business is personal because it involves people. So let's make it personal. It makes people feel valued. What they're giving, what they're saying, what they're doing, who they are. It's important. And getting to know our people, whether that's somebody who works directly for us or we have a contractor relationship with, whatever kind of relationship we have with those folks, it's personal. Get to know people. So number two is empathy. Number three is healing. Effective servant leaders understand the importance of fixing previous problems before being able to move on to new goals and projects. As an example, your team may have suffered a setback in the last quarter due to a large team disagreement. Now, to be able to face the new challenges of this current quarter, the team must go back, deal with, and heal from what happened in the past, come to an agreement so they can move forward. Just kind of makes sense, doesn't it? So that's number three, healing. Number four is awareness. Effective leaders are aware of themselves and their teams. In being self-aware, you need to be able to accept and grow from your own weaknesses. Now, just as important is that you as the leader are aware of your team's individual strengths and weaknesses. In the same vein, you need to be able to help them to grow and to learn from their weaknesses. And I'll add this slight little caveat into that about the awareness. Not only is it important for you to be aware of your strengths and weaknesses and those of your team members, the best leaders out there are bringing people in to cover their weak areas. Meaning if I know I'm weak in an area, I'm not using it as an excuse to not grow in it, but I'm also wise enough to know that I need to bring somebody in who's going to help me and make the team, make the company, make the organization better. Food for thought. So number four, awareness. Number five, persuasion. Effective servant leaders guide and persuade team members. Notice I said persuade and I didn't say manipulate. And there is a fine line between those two. You got to be careful how you ride that. So don't manipulate people. Not that you didn't already know that. Just important that I said it. So back to my discussion of persuasion. Now, where an authoritarian leader might tell team members what to do, a servant leader tells them why it's the best method or process. Servant leaders seek to convince the team as a whole and build consensus. Number five, persuasion. Number six, conceptualization. Effective servant leaders can think beyond small tasks and communicate larger goals and why those are important to the team. Folks, it's about dreaming the big dreams and it's about sharing the big dreams with your team and getting them to have buy-in to it. It's, it's that vision casting, folks. That's what that is. So number six, conceptualization. Number seven, foresight. Effective servant leaders understand the importance of learning from past mistakes as well as successes and using lessons learned to productively evaluate present decisions. They help their teams to do the same thing. So number seven, foresight. Number eight, stewardship. 
Effective servant leaders acknowledge and understand the importance of their responsibilities. They protect and uphold the trust and confidence given them in their role and communicate this to the team. As a steward of your company's assets and goals, you work hard, arrive on time, and you're dependable. Stewardship is just doing the right things, folks. That's what that's all about. Number eight, stewardship. Number nine, commitment to the growth of people. Effective student, excuse me, student leaders. <laughs> I had my kids on the brain there just for a minute, so you'll pardon me. Effective servant leaders motivate their teams to grow. They are committed to helping their teams develop professionally as well as personally. Servant leaders help their team members to become leaders themselves by leading by example and providing their teams with opportunities to grow and to develop. This is so huge. I'm often leery of self-proclaimed leaders who hog all the leadership responsibilities and don't share any of it with others, won't allow others to grow in their leadership. That's scary. That's someone who is delusional, to say the least, because there's no way any one person can do it all. The best, most effective leaders help cultivate and create other leaders. That's what we do. And that's what effective servant leaders do. So number nine is the commitment to the growth of people. And finally, number 10 under principles of servant leadership is building community. Effective servant leaders encourage collaboration and engagement. Servant leaders value the opinions of everyone on the team and encourage them to share those opinions and to actively contribute to the team on a regular basis. That's what it's about, folks. It's realizing we as leaders, we are not the be-all, end-all when it comes to ideas and knowing the right ways to do things. Bringing in others, parts of the team who have different life experiences that might be able to show something new or have some special insight to be able to help us get over the hump that we didn't have before. Encouraging folks to do that, helping to build that community so people feel empowered to do that is huge when it comes to servant leadership. And so you're probably thinking, okay, John, I get this whole idea of what a servant leader is, what it takes, what the makeup is of a servant leader, but how in the world does somebody become one who's never been one before? Because this whole idea of servant leadership maybe is different than something you've heard of before. So let's talk about those. Let's talk about the skills that are needed to become a servant leader. And there are six of them that I have anyway. And number one is to, and we alluded to it before, lead by example. A servant leader should always be someone who leads their team by example. As a servant leader, you should be willing to do anything you ask your team to do. When your team members see you're willing to put in the same amount of work and effort that they do, it helps motivate the team members to engage in their work and in the organization. So number one is to lead by example. Should not be a surprise to anyone. Number two, show people why their jobs are important. When people feel that what they do is important to the overall success of the organization, they usually feel more empowered and are willing to work harder to help the company succeed. Servant leaders should try to make sure their team members know why the work they do is so important and how their work directly affects the overall success of the company. This is really important. Be as specific as you can with folks, letting them know exactly what they're doing, telling them that it's important, but then demonstrating for them why it's important. 
So number two, show people why their jobs are important. Number three, encourage collaboration and employee engagement. Servant leaders are also great at making their teams feel their voices and opinions matter. When you take steps to encourage your team to work together and to suggest new ideas to help improve the organization, it shows them that you care about what they have to say and appreciate their contributions. This can motivate your team members to put forth their absolute best effort, which will result in higher quality work. So again, number three, encourage collaboration and employee engagement. Number four, help your team grow and develop. Servant leaders don't only focus on being great leaders themselves, but they are also interested in helping their team members become great leaders. Sound familiar? Sound like something I just said a little bit ago? It is. You as a servant leader should try to encourage your team members to participate in continuing education and employee development programs to help them continue to expand their knowledge and skills. You can also try to encourage the team members to take active leadership roles in group projects. Team members who know you are committed to their professional growth are more likely to listen to suggestions to help improve their work. So let's help folks develop, help them to get better personally and professionally. Number five, care for team members personally. Yep, sounds like something I was just talking about. Another thing you can do to become a servant leader is to show your team members you care about them on a personal level. Being empathetic and trying to offer advice when you can may help create a more positive work-life harmony for your employees and help them cope with personal stress better. When your team members feel that they matter as individuals and not just as employees, they are more likely to be happy when coming to work and produce better and higher quality work. Now, folks, I used a phrase just a moment ago, and I want to be sure to highlight it here. If you go back into an earlier episode, I had Andre Young on. Andre is a good friend of mine, and Andre is real big into this whole idea of work-life harmony as opposed to work-life balance. I've talked about that before, and I'll briefly mention it here, especially if this is your first time checking out relationships and revenue. But here's the deal. If you think of it like a scale, um, if you've got work in the one hand and your life in the other, when are they ever going to be equally balanced? It's never going to happen. They're constantly going to be moving like this. But if you're more focused on having work-life harmony, then what you're going to have is probably rocking like this rather than a lot of really high highs and really low lows and that going like this all the time. Just It's a little more even keeled, if you will. So let's help our folks do that. Let's help them develop that. So that was number five, caring for our team members personally. And finally, number six, asking for feedback. Now, servant leaders should always be looking for how they can improve their own leadership and contributions to the team. Encourage your team members to provide feedback when they have an idea on how you can improve your work or on how the company can improve overall. Try to make your team members feel empowered to come to you with suggestions at any time and regularly, hear that word, regularly ask for feedback from people who don't naturally provide it. Now, I'm sure you know this. There's going to be people who are going to give you suggestions whether you ask for it or not. <laughs> they just will. But be sure to reach out to the folks 
who rarely do that because many times they have some really good ideas and they're just not comfortable doing that. So find creative ways to do that. If they can't handle that as far as a one-on-one kind of conversation, make it easy for folks to do it. If they make it so that they have like this anonymous form they can fill out online and send to you, that way you never know who it comes from, but you still get that from folks. Make it easy for people to give you feedback. Well, that wraps up what I wanted to talk to you today about servant leadership. I hope you have found this helpful, this whole idea of servant leadership, the 10 different principles of servant leadership, as well as the six different aspects of what it takes to become a servant leader. If this is something that's of interest to you and you would like to know more about, you know, please hit me up with a DM. I would love to be able to talk with you further. Or if this is something you want to hear more about on the podcast, hit me up as well. Let me know that, as well as any other suggestions you have for the show. I'm always open to those. And as a reminder, when you send me DMs, I am the one who responds to that. It's not somebody else and it's not a bot. So love to hear from you guys. Hope you're doing fantastic. One last thing, and I know you know this, and I don't talk about it real often, but would love to get your feedback on the show. You know, the best way you can do that is by giving me ratings and reviews from whatever way you listen to this particular podcast, whether that's on Apple, whether that's on Spotify, if that's on YouTube, Stitcher, Uh, We're going to be on Facebook very soon, by the way. And so Amazon Music, I don't care where it is that you do that. uh, Let us know because those ratings and especially the reviews really make a difference on how people can find the show. And if you think this particular show is helpful, get the word out. And this is one way that you can do that. And I thank you so much for doing that. It means a lot to me. And it costs you very, very little in time to do that. So... Thank you so much for doing that. And thank you for being here today. I love you guys. You are my heartbeat. You are the reason that I do this. I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye!